You are listening to the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Hey listeners, I'm just cutting in real quick because I want to draw your attention to Kelly's upcoming six-week Fresh Fit Life Nutrition Online Bootcamp. So Kelly has a lot going on, but she has freshfitlife.com and what she's doing starting on March 5th through April 13th, six-week online bootcamp. And what that is, is she has taken all things she's learned from nutrition, from working with clients and everything in between, and she is giving you a chance to dive in every aspect that she's learned, weight goals, wellness, healthy eating, all that different kind of stuff for 115 bucks. She's going to walk you through a bunch of different steps, give you tips, motivation, challenges, videos, Q&A, and all that cool stuff. So what I'm going to do is put that in the show notes. So go to that link, click on that. And you can check out what's going on. So that's it. Any questions, comments, whatever it is, Ben at mountainbikeradio.com and enjoy this episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a new episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. I am Ben Welnick, and with me is Kelly Jennings. Yep, Kelly, I'm hi. Kelly Jennings. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good. So we have had a lot of new listeners recently. So I just want to say thank you to all you new listeners. If you have any questions, comments, or whatever, you can always email me. It's ben at mountainbikeradio.com. This episode, what we are going to do is we are going to help you transition into your 30s and beyond. (laughs) So maybe you're like me and you're 38, going to be 39 in a couple months, and you're looking to 40 in a year. It's a big milestone that people start reflecting on their lives and stuff. I've already started reflecting and realizing I need to do some things to make it a good next 10 years, 20 years, um, which is, it's pretty exciting actually. Um, But anyhow, so maybe you're 29 transitioning into your 30s. There's a lot that changes as you get into your 30s, life, stress, just regular changes that have to do with DNA and nutrition and yeah, midsection. Yeah, man bot or dad bot and mom bot and yep. all that kind of stuff. So that is what we're going to talk about. Kelly is going to give five nutrition keys to transitioning whatever it is, 20s to 30s and beyond. Well, and not even is really good... nutrition, just like things that... Oh, keys, whatever. Keys, yeah, you explain keys. it. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain it. Um, <laughs> I'm yes. going to give you just five kind of tips on making real transition in lifestyle change. And so this isn't going to be huge nutrition talk. This is going to be what I've seen just counseling thousands of people on what it takes to make a change. So it could be anything in your life. It could be um, any habit you want to form. And it's funny, as you get into your 30s and beyond, I feel like the reflection is more there than maybe in your 20s um, when you just kind of I don't know. Everyone's different, but you weren't really internalizing and thinking about what all you need to get done or what changes you would like to make or how you would like to kind of drive your life forward. So, um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. And, you know, um, a lot of times we just talk about motivation and, um, instead of motivation, I'm going to give you the real five tips on how to change, make a change in your life, whatever it is, take a look at yourself and then make a change. If we could have that rolling, that little Michael Jackson, that would be good. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So, okay, listeners, that gives you a little idea. Back to the new listeners. If you, like I said, any questions, feel free to reach out to me or specific questions for Kelly. You can contact her at, it's Kelly at apexnutritionllc.com. Kelly That's at K-E-L-L-I. take a look at and make a change.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's another one of her websites. And if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, 
uh, you can go back in the archives <laughs> and listen to all the websites that Kelly has concocted <laughs> every during episode, the entire process, <laughs> every episode for years. For, so yeah. We have a full archive. For 80 episodes, can, I've made, <laughs> made new websites. Exactly. We have a full archive of episodes discussing everything from ra- anything to do with race nutrition, everyday nutrition, what those are, some specifics, supplements, all kinds of random different things, but Recipe we have years blog. of, yeah. We have if you years didn't think people could content. talk about nutrition this long, we've proven you wrong. And um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've talked. Exactly. So what you can do is go to mountainbikeradio.com, go to the top of the page. There is a drop down, and uh, it says, listen, click on that and drop down and click on apex nutrition. That's an easy way to go through all of them there. The other easy way, because I know you, a lot of you listen on your mobile device, go to your app store, type in mountain bike radio, download the app. And on the app, what you can do is search. So there's a search box and you, all you need to do is type in apex nutrition and it will pull up, it will sort out all of the apex nutrition episodes. So you can go through and listen to all those at one time. Same thing with other shows. So if you like just riding along or the path, you can do the same thing for any of those. Pretty slick. All right, that's enough for that. I'm going to hijack this for a minute. So Kelly, Kelly and I were discussing before the before we started recording uh, maple syrup. So I, I just tapped my first tree, and I did it on video, and it came flowing out of the tree. And Kelly was asking me, or we started talking about it, and I was going to explain it, and I said, I'm just going to hit record. So Kelly, here's the scoop. Yeah. So what you're doing is you are looking for the tree to basically stop or to thaw. So what we have here in the North woods of Wisconsin is it's been cold all winter. There's been snow on the ground every day for three months since early December. And what happens when it finally warms up is the tree obviously thaws out a little bit and sap like flows through it. I don't know the specifics yet, but the, it just happens. Wait, it's is magic. sap and maple the same thing in a maple well, tree? Sap, you, you take, yeah. So you take sap and you boil that down to maple get the sugar. Maple is in sap. The maple syrup yes. is a function of boiling down that sap okay. to get just the the um, uh, sugar. Got it. So the sap in itself is only like, I don't know, it's like 2% or 5% sugar. Okay. So what you're doing is you're taking a massive amount, boiling it down to get maple syrup. Correct. Okay. What you can do is you can cook it down just a little bit to sweeten it a little bit more and use it as just a drink. If you want uh, just a little bit of sweet natural maple water, water that has... Whatever it's called. Yeah, I've seen that actually being yes. sold at Costco. Maple yep. water. Exactly. Okay. And that's what I plan to do. Ah. So th- the secret is, the reason I was lucky on that one tree is we have these two maple trees in our backyard, two sugar maple trees in our backyard that are in daytime sun all day. Mm-hmm. It's been 40 plus degrees for the last four days. And I drilled into the first one to tap my first tree. And before I even got the dr- done drilling, it was gushing sap, which is fantastic. Awesome. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. You have to right. send me some. So we are going to, that's, so this whole maple <laughs> water stuff is fan. It's fan. It's really good. That's what got me doing it. Uh, my brother-in-law last year gave us some. And I was like, man, this is really good for I don't know how many calories in it, but it's not that sweet. It's not that boiled down, so it can't contain very much. But it's just enough to be something that's really good. Awesome. So I suppose I could have some nutritional. Man, we'll put some salt in it and go for a ride. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So cool. All right. So let's talk about transition. Yeah. You know, and what I'm old, I'm getting older. Help me. <laughs> okay. You can think in your head and so can the listeners of just anything they want to change. Um, but kind of what inspired this for me is as most listeners know, I have all kinds of different programs that I sell and that I, you know, um, offer off of my sites to work with different people on nutrition and sports nutrition. Um, and one of them is just a download book, but it's like a whole program, but they just download it and it's meal plan and it's training nutrition and supplements and all these things. And another one is a custom plan. And so I kind of got to thinking about, um, you know, helping people make change over a longer period of time. So I came up with these online boot camps and I'm about to start my second one. Um, and the first one was really fun and it went great. And it's six weeks of online boot camp, kind of me working through the philosophies of my program, which is called Fuel Right, Ra- Fuel Right Race Light, um, working through that over the course of six weeks. So for every weekday, I send um, all the participants an email that directs them to our webpage and we go through like one thing every day. Um, in the first week, you know, the theme is daily nutrition and kind of how to get that set um, for weight loss goals and for overall health and that sort of thing. And the second one is training nutrition, how to set up your plan for um, eating and drinking before, during and after for recovery, your training and that sort of thing. And the key, though, here, you know, like, why would I do this when I already offer all this information in my program and in my books? The key is that I've really found with people that it's all about habits. It's not anything really about knowledge, right? We all have all these like self-help help books or different information books lying around. Um, but the only ones that make a difference or the only time it makes a difference is if we take it upon ourselves to really form habits. And with nutrition, that is just definitely a huge key in it. That, um, you know, eating well is hard. It takes a lot of work. And so if you don't kind of set up your habits, um, it just goes by the wayside. And that's, you know, the whole nutrition industry of diets and going on this diet and going off that diet. And, you know, um, when I talk to people and, you know, something has happened in their life and it's kind of wrecked what they've done and they're not able to get back onto the diet or whatever because they've fallen off or, you know, whatever like that. And that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to form a lifestyle changed based on habits. So the first key is that when you're going to start a new a transition to something. You can change something. It's great to have goals. And these overriding goals are great. You know, a year from now, six months from now, three, you know, three months from now, a month from now, whatever the goal is, how big it is. But realize that those goals really mean nothing. Where the rubber hits the road is daily habits and weekly habits. It's got to be that small. And um, so that's the first thing is it's great to start with goals. But don't you dare write out your goals unless you're willing to do step number two, which is to think about the supporting habits to get you to those goals. And habits need to be things that you are in control of. So a goal might be to, um, you know, lose five pounds by the time your um, biking season really starts, let's say in April. You are not directly in control of that number, right? You can, you know, people get on the scale every day, like, oh gosh, what is it going to be today or or whatever? Like that's not exactly in your control, but you can control that you are no longer going to eat five tablespoons of peanut butter before you go to bed every night. So that could be your habit. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to drink some herbal tea and go to bed. I'm not going to eat five tablespoons of peanut butter before I go to bed. So those are the habits we're talking about. And that's the first key is that it's got to be goals are great, but habits are what get it done. If I worked then, out, I like eating the peanut butter. 
satisfying and keeps uh-huh. me from eating other stuff. Well, and that's fine. That is just an example. But you know, if know. you were if you wanted to lose five pounds, we would we would talk about the peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter is crazy. It's five hundred calories or more in that in those tablespoons. But yeah, way to be devil's advocate right in the middle of my speech. I know. Number I know. two. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Number two is to screw motivation. Motivation is like a horrible friend who just doesn't stick around or something. It, you know, it comes and it goes and it's all based on your feelings. And I don't know about anyone else, but when I'm tired, my feelings go to crap. <laughs> and I'm, you know, things drain you. Life drains you. Work drains you. Kids drain you. All those things drain you. And so if you're depending on motivation in order to get up early every morning and ride your bike, I don't know for other people, but for me, I'm screwed. That's never going to work. So if my goal is to make that change to where I'm riding, you know, I'm getting up, let's say at 530 and I'm doing it, it has to be something different than motivation, than, than a poster or a saying or an image. Um, and one of the, the thing that I've been using in the boot camp is is really cool. Have you ever heard of Mel Robbins? Melanie Robbins, I think. Mm-mm. No. Okay. So now she's like a writer and um, like a successful business owner and all these things. Um, I think she's a CNN contributor. Um, but before something that happened in her life was she was kind of at rock bottom. Her her um, husband and her were facing like a huge financial crisis. She had small children, I think. And so she didn't work at the time. Um, and something happened where her husband owned restaurants and they were like tanking or something along those lines. You can read the real, her real story. I'm sure online, lots of places, but she came up with, you know, she, she noticed something that she needed to get a job because her, her kids were in school. She needed to get a job, but she was so driven by her feelings and um, kind of the depression of it and the anxiety and just the weight of it. That, you know, every night she would like write down a goal or think of the goal that she was going to get up at 530 so she could start her job hunt and figure out, you know, what job she could do. And every morning at 530, she didn't get up. You know, she like roll. She was just depressed and sad and got up at like seven and, and wasn't able to make this change. And she felt motivated every night. And then in the morning she didn't. And, you know, she just couldn't get over it. So she developed what she called the five second rule. And it sounds now it's funny. I saw an interview of her where she was like, gosh, I would have named it anything else. But the five second rule now, knowing that that's what people talk about when they drop food on the floor Um, But at the time, that's what made sense. And so what she did was she started. I don't know if the study came first or second, but anyway, she came up with that. She had to rewire her brain. She had to make one thing lead to another and screw motivation and just move on to action. She had to make it so her brain didn't need the motivation to make the change. So this five second rule is that you start at five and you count down to zero, five, four, three, two, one, zero, and then you just do it. And that's, and when you do this enough, you rewire your brain to move to action as soon as you're done counting. And the reason she counts down, she says, is because you can't, you don't go into negative, you, you stop at zero. If you count it up, you could just keep counting. Um, and it sounds gimmicky, I know, but it's really inspiring when she, you should YouTube it or um, there's a like a 20 minute video, I think, that's really good. She did a TED talk and all of that. It's way more inspiring when she says it. But the whole thing is it works, is that your brain can make these connections from one action that you choose to do that's simple. It's not hard. You can lie in bed and count five, four, three, two, one. Um, and if you can rewire your brain to the next thing coming, it's just an easier step. And, you know, it's funny. I um, I started doing this with getting up to ski. 
And one of the things was um, there's a ski hill near me that I can go on that I don't have to get up until like, oh, like 545. And I can go and do it fast. And I can be back by seven when my kids get up. But the other ski hill that I enjoy doing more, I have to get up at 510. And for some reason, this was just like killing me to get up 30 minutes earlier. Um, and it's made a huge difference in my life to, to lay there. I usually have to start at 10 because I'm cold and I'm tired and I don't want only five seconds. I want 10 yeah. seconds <laughs> to, yeah. to do this, but it's worked and it's, um, it's been huge for me. And so I think, you know, and other people who I've talked to, and of course she's got way more stories. This is her deal, not mine. It's, it's something that can work. And so that's my next thing is to screw motivation and to figure out your action. Figure out something that will help you move into action in this Mel Robbins five-second rule is one really just handy, tangible tool that we're using in the boot camp. Um, <laughs> I have a funny side story about mm-hmm. motivation in mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time a couple of years ago, I was mountain biking and I was um, at the Apex Trail System, which is outside of um, Lakewood in Denver. And from Golden to get over there, it might, it might be considered Golden. I don't know. Anyway, um, from my house, I had to go up a trail called Chimney Gulch, which is like an 1800 foot climb, go over a few miles to the apex trail system. And then you go down. And I think that you might descend like 1200 to 1500 feet. Anyway, this particular summer, I was like 1800 feet though, 1800 feet in not very long distance. In like three miles uphill. Yeah. This is super (laughs) steep trails because that's what you get in the foothills around Denver. But um, anyway, so all this to say is I was down from where I needed to go to get to my house. I was like in a gully and um, I, I was having a problem that year with my, um, my derailleur catching my chain for some reason and breaking chains. Um, And this particular morning was supposed to be a fast ride for me, like a 90 minute ride. You know, it was before I had to be back at a certain time for my husband to go to work and I had my kids, um, and I didn't bring a tool set with me or, a, you know, a gold link or anything to fix my chain. And so, of course, right at the, the bottom of this gully, my stupid chain breaks. And I have to, like, climb up. I have to walk up, like, 1,200 feet to get to the top before I can go down to get back to my house. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so screwed. I'm gonna, this is going to take forever, um, you know, to get my, my husband's going to be late for work. This is, you know, on the simple, stupid little ride. And so, anyway, I'm walking my bike up this really steep section to get back up. And this guy, I don't know, he just seemed kind of, this, is, this doesn't come out mean, kind of like a, like a, like a gym guy. Like he was way more buff than the people I normally see on trails. You know, usually uh, runners on trails and bikers are like on the, you know, skinnier endurance side. And this guy was like wearing exactly what you'd see at a gym, like a tank, like a tank top with big armholes and like, you know, huge muscles. And he comes by me and he gives me the perfect, like a motivation poster. Cause he thought I was cl- walking my bike cause I couldn't make it up. Oh, and it was okay. something like only those who don't try have failures <laughs> and then he kept running and I was like oh my gosh the guy just gave me That's like weird. the motivation poster quote yeah. <laughs> because he thought I couldn't make it up anyway that's another story okay so the next thing so that was number one was goals are great but you got to work towards habits you got to set down some habits number two was to screw motivation but again go to action number three was um you need a most people need a plan, not philosophy. And this is true. I don't know if I could say this is true across the board for change in your life, but certainly for nutrition changes, a plan works way better than philosophy for both daily nutrition and for training nutrition. So I've set up meal plans on all my plans. Um, but you know, if you were looking at someone else's book or something, you would want something where it actually tells you what to eat. And I think that, you know, 
you can move away from that once you have a good understanding of the philosophy. But to start, when you just want that action, a plan is is what's good. So if I said to someone, you know, eat healthy and you know, moderate your carbs and eat whole food carbs and try to get enough protein, you know, that like does no one any good at all. But a, a plan with specific meals that have the protein in them show you what whole food carbs are and that sort of thing helps. Same thing with training nutrition. I think people get this for like diet plans for day-to-day eating, but for training nutrition, it's so vague. A lot of people just talk about, you know, um, drink when you're thirsty and only, you know, add some training fuel, make sure you get your electrolytes. But a lot of times they're not talking about specifics and not talking about numbers. And what this leads to in my um, experience is people assuming that they're getting enough um, and they're not, or they're just eating and getting too much of the wrong things or that sort of thing. So a plan is way better than philosophy in all these things. Um, so that's the next thing is, is you want a plan. If you're going to make a change, you know, find a plan that makes sense to you. And then number four is to repeat it. Repeat these habits over and over and over. Uh, I just got a review about the first um, boot camp and someone said, you know, seemed a little repetitious at points, but I'm a teacher and I get that, that the only way people learn is to repeat things over and over, you know, in different ways. And it never ceases to amaze me how different clients and different listeners to the podcast or my blog or um, YouTube or whatever how I'll have said the same exact thing in a different way, but then when they see it in another way, they it's like it's the first time they've ever heard it. And with clients who I've worked with for years, I'll do a video and they'll be like, oh, like now, you know, I didn't, I never thought of it that way or something. Um, so repeating over and over whatever change you want to make is a huge, huge deal. Um, and the last one I'm going to say is that you do need to be in the right stage of change. A lot of times people just want to assume that you can make a change in your life at any time. But in my experience, either you have to be so sick of the state you're in, if we're talking about lifestyle change, so sick of the state you're in or so inspired about what you'll gain by doing it, that you're willing to do basically anything to do it. And if someone's not there, they might make small changes, but they're not going to truly dive into a lifestyle change that really makes a big difference for them for a long time. And this comes to play a lot for me when a client will buy a family member a plan from me. <laughs> like here's, you know, a custom plan by Kelly Jennings for nutrition for you. And the other person didn't ask for it. And they're not in the stage of change to receive it. And it's always a flop. And I usually discourage people who buy their spouses my nutrition plans or their, <laughs> you know, siblings. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it puts everyone in a bad position. Um, unless, you know, I've had, I will say, last year I worked with this amazing um, pro mountain biker here in Colorado and someone else bought the plan for him. But it was something where he just wasn't financially in a place to do it. Um, but he right. had wanted to, you know, so that's different, but right. when someone, you know, he was trying to make all these changes and kind of put like, again, the, put the philosophy together, but needed the plan. So, um, but when someone yeah. is just not there, then you can't put that on someone. They need to be incredibly like so gung ho one way or the other. Yeah, and it, you know, that kind of goes into motivation, would, but it would be like your grandma getting you an ugly sweater. You're like, Gee, yeah, exactly. thanks. I really want the ugly sweater. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Except for now, I'm also telling you you're fat or something, you know? Yeah. Now you get an ugly sweater that says you're fat. Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) And it requires all kinds of work. Oh my gosh. My, I will say my parents, they sometimes give my kids gifts that require all kinds of work from me. 
I hate those gifts. So that's the same thing as when it requires work of them too. You know, starting to eat healthy requires work. So you got to be, you got to be ready. You know, you're a bad mom. You're a bad mom for saying that. (laughs) No, (laughs) all kinds of things, butterfly pavilions, like science experiments, things that I should be like, yeah, this is great educational. I love it. But it just requires like hours of my work. (laughs) Yeah. Not only hours of your work to create but hours of your work to clean then to clean. too. And it doesn't even so always work. <laughs> exactly. So then you're the bad person. Then you have to go buy a new one of your own yeah, money. Failure. Yeah. Nah. So you feel don't so do that. Bad for your kid. Wait until the, yeah. kid, the parent is in the stage of change to want to have some cocoons that, you know, are butterflies. Right. That's the point. Oh, okay. So just what the five were was one goals are great. But then you got to put those habits in. Two is to screw motivation and rewire your brain. And if you haven't ever heard of Mel Robbins, but you're looking for something like this, you know, and for me, like I said, it wasn't about not wanting to get up. It was seriously about being cold and ski is hard for me because I love it so much, but it's cold. I mean, it's like zero degrees most of the time when I wake up, you know, and I'm like facing that compared to staying in my bed, which is nice and warm and I'm tired and all of that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was more just like rewiring my brain, like making making that small move. And it, it helped a ton. So look up Mel Robbins if you've never heard of it. There's a book, The Five Second Rule, the whole thing. Number three is find a plan. Whatever you're trying I'll to... I'll put a link in the show notes. What's that? I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, a plan instead of a philosophy. You know, um, find whatever you're trying to change. Get get some specifics laid out. Repeat them, repeat them, repeat them. And number um, five is realize that being in a stage of change is is important as well. So that is it. Um, and I did want to let people know if they are interested in the boot camp, the next one starts in just a few days on um, March 5th, but I'll let people enter it all the way until March 7th if they'd like to. And just be ready if you want to do it. It's it's fun. Um, it involves, like I said, those daily emails, all the tools that I have to offer as far as the whole meal plan, the whole training nutrition plan, supplement guide, um, everything that I have that I've written as far as... Um, programs and plans, plus links to the appropriate videos. And our podcasts are intertwined all throughout throughout it whenever you want a different media form to read. And it's just every day there's daily challenges at the end. And a lot of times the repetition comes in because in week two, when we're talking about training nutrition, I'm still going to challenge you to have no more than, you know, four non-single ingredient foods in your day or something like that, or drinking enough water during the day or, or whatever habit we're forming, there'll be that throughout. So by the end of six weeks, hopefully you've gotten just these really good habits starting, but of course it's going to take work beyond that. So, so yeah, come and join me. Awesome. All right, listeners, that is it for this episode. Like I said, if you have any questions, comments, whatever it is, it's Kelly at K-E-L-L-I at Apex Nutrition LLC.com. Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. And check out the app if you're new. Check out the website. Dig through all there and you can kind of listen through to all the different. You can get up to speed. Yeah. How's that sound? All right. So Kelly, thank you very much. Yep. Thank and you, Ben. That is it. So listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. <laughs>